Hey, what's up? So my name's Mark. I'm a technical director here at a church in uh, Spokane, Washington. I'm here with my buddy Ryan, who I've known for, what is it now, uh, 20... All our life, pretty much. Yeah, basically our entire life. Um, We're 26 at this point, so it's probably like 23, 24 years. Something ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm not a technical director at a church. I just go there, but we've been friends for a long time. Um, We've tried to follow Jesus together for a long time, and just, yeah, here to talk. Yeah. So uh, we're going to basically just kind of discuss things that uh, God's kind of been wrecking us with throughout each week or the different weeks whenever we decide to release these because, you know, life is busy. And especially right now, it's a little chaotic, and there's really no rhyme or reason to anything. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's for me. I'm getting married in 11 days. Yeah, so that's a thing, too. Your your life is a little more chaotic than mine for the sheer fact that you're trying to figure out how to get (laughs) married during COVID-19. Everything's fine. How's that? How's that going? It's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) <laughs> so, as you can see, it's going to be a pretty raw uh, <laughs> podcast of just things that God has kind of, uh, to use my pastor's oh, term, dude. smacking us over the head with a two-by-four with. Um, but we felt like this would be something that uh, would be, first of all, really really beneficial to us just to talk, because we end up doing this a lot, just hanging out. When we hang out, we'll talk about just stuff that God's teaching us in our lives. And we feel like that there's a possibility that this could be helpful to other people. And we may even bring in some friends, have a discussion with friends that we uh, we know and we can connect with. Um, and if we're really stupid, we'll invite our wives on. But um, I don't I don't think that's a good idea just quite yet. That might be aggressive for me right off the bat here. But you, yeah. know, you never know. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, um, they they well, at least my wife didn't even think that we were actually going to do this. And she was shocked when I sent her a picture that we were recording this. So if that tells you anything about the mentality of where we're at right now. Um, <laughs> anyway. So no, I mean, the whole whole goal is just to kind of talk about the real life things that God's taking us through, uh, to steal a phrase from a church that I really uh, am enjoying and listening to right now, practicing the ways of Jesus in our daily life. And I think, Ryan, like that's just something you and I have talked about a lot lately. Like we're really, um, I mean, I know both of us have really grabbed onto that phrase of practicing the way of Jesus, because I feel like it it brings so much more meaning to when someone says, I'm a Christian, that, that realistically, that can mean a lot of things these days. Well, especially in especially in the United States, which mm-hmm. which we're from, if no one, yeah. if, if you probably pick up by the accent how we're talking, yeah. but Spokane's in the top left corner of the United States. Um, where but small. it just seems like it's really it's really really easy to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, because you went to church on Christmas or Easter. Which if you're doing that, keep doing that. That's great. We want yeah. you to come to church. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I just feel like there's a big difference between that and um, following, you know, or practicing. Uh, the way of Jesus. And yeah. for me, it's just been in the last month I've really kind of um, grabbed onto this. Uh, I was really just looking for something during the, you know, obviously during the quarantine, it's just been a, it's been a difficult time. It's been a dark time. And I just was listening to this, this church that me and him would listen to. And it was just like, it just like it, a light went off in my brain. Like why, like why am I not looking in my everyday life mm. for Jesus as the example of how to live and how to treat people and how to, how to act. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just been really beneficial. Um, and just anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's just it for me. It almost feels like this novel concept that's so simple that's just been <laughs> unveiled for for a lack of a better term. It's just like, oh wow. Well, Jesus did this, so I mean, obviously that should be something I want to emulate. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really interesting because you and I have had lots of conversations where I honestly believe that the Western Church or the American Church. Um, has kind of gone astray in a couple ways. You have the televangelist side where <laughs> Christianity is about making your life better. And I, for one, can tell you that is, that's not what happens. 
Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. It is yeah, what it is, right? Exactly. Like, it, it isn't, and it's not about going to heaven. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is we live in a broken world and we're full of sin and we're damned because of that sin. And by trusting in Jesus and following him, like we're redeemed from that. We don't have to go through with that and we get to participate in the whole world being restored. Now, one other thing, I am not a pastor, nor do I claim to be a pastor. I run technology. So these are just non-pastoral thoughts. I'm even less qualified than he is, honestly. So, well, I mean, you, you're a firefighter, so you save lives in at least some form or fashion. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, you knew yes. I had to throw that in there. Yes, yes. Every yeah, when I'm not here, sometimes I'm at a fire station every once in a while. Um, one day a week, is it? One day a week, sometimes two. It's a, oh, uh, it's a good time. It's a good job, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, right, exactly. But you know what? Maybe we'll tell some stories someday. Oh yeah, story Maybe times we'll tell always some good. stories. So anyway, um, I just think that in that sense that. The what American Christianity has gone so far off that side where Christianity is just being about uh, getting wealthy and um, prosperous and all that. And it's not, the Bible doesn't say that that's bad and it won't happen. It's difficult and that isn't a promise, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. But I think the other side of it is, and this is where I, we really don't want to be political, that there's enough politics going on in the world, but I think that the other side of the Western American church is it's become so highly political that um, you're using a phrase from a podcast that I really enjoy called This Cultural Moment. Um, They talked about how what's happening is the new religion is politics because that's what people are so bought into and so invested in and so concerned about that that's all they can see. And that's the lens that they view the world through. Right, they're looking for a savior in the political spectrum mm-hmm. and not necessarily at Jesus. And it's it's really easy to do. It's easy yeah. to get in that mindset because, you know, obviously politics, it... Um, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, it, it's here. It touches every part of your life. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing, when we talk about practicing the, uh, practicing the way of Jesus, uh, we're, you know, we're actively trying to follow his example and we're, right. you know, not trying to follow a political example. And... right. I'm not saying no. Go out and vote. Do those things. Yeah, but definitely vote. Like the, the important thing is to follow Jesus and model your life after Jesus and treat people like Jesus. I'm going to say the word Jesus a lot in this podcast, but I just feel like he's important. Yeah, so. right. It's slightly important. Yeah. There's a good reason for that to be mentioned a lot. But it's that whole idea that a political figure isn't going to save us. Mm. Now, am I going to vote for things that align and vote for people that align with? The ways of Jesus, yes, but I hate to break it to you. Jesus doesn't align with any political party. Not completely, absolutely. No, of course. It's, it, there's, yeah, there's pieces of each party that do align with Jesus, but there's no one party that aligns with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's my fear is that a lot of the Western church honestly just views Jesus as a Republican. I mean, to be really honest, I've heard people actually say that, well, Jesus was a Republican. I'm like, okay, first of all, there, there's a couple things wrong with that idea is, first of all, Republicans didn't exist in, you know, 30 AD. Yeah. Um, or zero. Or zero. Or BC or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, that's a relatively new thing. And second, like, he has a kingdom of his own. And that has a rule of its own mm-hmm. that is God's. You know, he says that his, your, his kingdom is not of this world. And exactly. 
you know, I take that as, as a literal thing, right? Like his kingdom is not of this world, it's in heaven. Yeah. And we're striving for that kingdom, not this one. Well, and, you even think of the pastor, it's teach us to pray, teach me how to pray, mm-hmm. pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done here as it is in heaven. Absolutely. And I feel like that if we actually want that to happen, then we have to practice the ways of Jesus. We have to do the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Obviously knowing that we're not gonna succeed all the time but they're important to do because they're sacrificial and they aren't human nature. Like <laughs> lay down your life for someone. Mm-hmm. Like I don't inherit, like I'll lay down my w- life for my wife. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, But that's, that's, that's kind of an obvious thing, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're married, you'll lay down your life for someone you love. Yeah. But what about laying down your life for someone you don't necessarily love? Right. And it's interesting, especially in the time we're in, like when we talk about COVID and mm-hmm. restrictions and all these different things. And like, I'm not saying I enjoy them. They're difficult. Right. Um, but like, you know, you, you lay down your, your life for someone else and maybe it's not necessarily that you actually die for them, right. but you let go of some things that are comfortable to you because yes. you're looking to, um, either to protect other people or to make them feel safe. Right. And like, that's what even with mass, that's with mass. That's how, that's how I feel about it anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's the whole idea of like, I, a lot of people, and this is globally, right? Like this isn't just exclusively to Western America, but that's the only one I can feel I can speak on. Cause I live here, mm-hmm. but we never want to be inconvenienced, but let's be real here. Jesus was inconvenienced more than anyone else in the entire world. Cause he was crucified because of your and my sin. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know of anyone else who was more inconvenienced. <laughs> No, yeah. Like, right. <laughs> like I know I'm kind of joking about it, but legit, like, he died mm-hmm. because of our sin. Like, that's an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I have to look at my life and say, even if there are things that could inconvenience me that I don't necessarily like, but that would show love towards my neighbor or show love towards my brother or just share the light of Jesus that let's be real here, that's really countercultural. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, let's all get along. Yeah. But on both sides, it's unless you disagree with me. Yeah. And just on a more practical point, like the the neighbor portion, I mean, that's something I, like, I mean, I have neighbors. I live in this, I live in a normal neighborhood in the, in Spokane, in, you know, in a suburb just outside of the downtown of Spokane. And let's, I'm going to be honest, like, I just, I come home, from, I don't want to talk to my neighbors. <laughs> and which, yeah, I know that's terrible. Like, like, but like how many people are like that? They're, they come right. home and they're like, so they say, hey, how you doing, man? And you're just like, oh, hey. And you try to get away as fast as possible. Right. And I just, how much of a difference it might it make if you just took that time, that five minutes to talk to your neighbor. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? And to take that time. Um, you just, you know, you never know what they're going through or what they need or what they need, might want to hear. And so. Well, it's even, you and I were talking about a few of these things before we started recording. Of yeah. Just like the idea of always being ready to give an account for the hope that you have. Sure. Always being ready to share the gospel. And that isn't in the sense of shotgunning people in the face with the gospel, yelling sure. at them. It's. With a microphone and yeah, a, right, like a picket fence, yeah. That doesn't typically work very well yeah. from from experience of watching people do that. Anyone who's ever been yelled at usually don't respond very well. Yeah. At least in my, I, I mean, I personally don't. I personally, if I'm yelled at, I tend to just kind of be like, "Nah, I ain't listening to you." Yeah. Like, but going back to that idea of like always being prepared, for me, there's a prerequisite to that. You have to be living a different life. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to so there's a pastor. His name's Todd White, and he was kind of in like the um, I guess you'd call it prosperity gospel world for a long time. And 
I saw an article that said, Todd White admits that he hasn't preached the whole gospel. And I was like, okay, that's intriguing. I, I'm kind of intrigued by this because mm-hmm. the guy's a really great communicator, but I was intrigued by it, right? Sure. So I went and listened to the sermon because it was basically him repenting of not preaching the whole gospel. And it rocked me because it was such simple, raw gospel truth in it. Mm-hmm. And he made this comment of, if your Jesus looks just like what your secular friends and family are doing, why would they want it? Mm. Why? If, if, it, if Jesus, if your Jesus looks just like them, then why? Why would they change? Right. And What's the benefit? Exactly. I, I What's the you. benefit? Yeah. And then even on the other side of it with this question, why would they ever ask you about the hope that you have? Mm-hmm. If you're not actively showing that hope in your life, then why is someone going to ask you about it? And you're absolutely right. And I think not... Nece- you know, not necessarily that, I mean, every time there's going to be every once in a while, someone it's going to randomly happen where they're like, I just want to know about Jesus. And that's awesome. And you should be prepared right. for that. But I think a lot of the important interactions you have with people are like those day-to-day interactions where like you come home, like me, I come from home work. I've slept 0.01 hours <laughs> in 24 hours and I'm You've tired. gotten up like six times from 12 AM to 6 AM. Right. But if I can, if I can come home, and be joyful with my neighbors when they know what I do. They know I'm tired. Like that, that, wow, how is he, that, and those things make a difference, mm-hmm. right? A hundred Those things make a difference when you actively, reactively to things and look at things differently and have this joy in your life. People are going to be drawn to you. That's how it works. Well, um, e- even think about, if we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. if, if I'm being really honest, um, the church doesn't have a great look right now with the whole COVID situation because they're, we're very rebellious, honestly, because I think in part of the thing I already talked about that we're very political. Sure. Um, for right or wrong, like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. In my experience, when a Christian isn't yelling and screaming about the things they don't like about the restrictions put on us, which don't get me wrong, I'm not super pumped that I can't go to dinner with my buddies. Like yeah. that kind of sucks. Um, the fact that also I have to we wear are masks. So, we are social distancing right now. Yeah, we are actually know, ironically we, we not really intended. Are. To be yeah. really honest, it was not intended. But we are. So. But we're about ten feet apart right now. So if you're wondering, which you're probably not, but you know, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't like having to wear a mask at a store, but because I know that people can die from this, I'm going to wear one. Mm-hmm. But that whole idea that it's a very fight for issue for the church right now for some reason and i honestly struggle to understand why and maybe that's just my ignorance as a 26 year old and i'm willing to admit that oh yeah but absolutely. i struggle understanding like i said i could be missing it um maybe i miss it but i just in my mind like as we talk about practicing the way of jesus right and this is what i've been trying to live through my life through mm-hmm. this lens and i just in my mind I just see Jesus as someone that was like, this is like, would be like, this is dangerous for people. Maybe not for me. Maybe I'm younger, but if it's dangerous for other people, I'm going to protect other people mm-hmm. and I'm going to be compassionate for other people and have empathy for other people. And that's just, I mean, that's just how I see Jesus yeah. written throughout the Bible. Um, and I mean, honestly, not outside of Jesus, it's crafted throughout the entire story of the Bible right. is God being empathetic and forgiving to people that are actively sinning against him. And right. so, it's just the overwhelming arc of the whole thing. And so I just, I don't see how it's missed. Exactly. I mean, it's that whole idea. So let's say that you as a Christian aren't out screaming on social media, which is just a mess at this point in 
horrible, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I used to love social media because there was lots of information. I could learn things and now it's just a bunch of people yelling at each other and I'm kind of just over it. I deleted mine like three weeks ago because it was making me way too stressed out. So right, exactly. Just, but yeah. I don't think we understand that social media is genuinely stressing me out, stressing us out. Like it's mm-hmm. horrible for us. It's horrible for your mental state. Delete it and you will have an anxiety attack for the first couple days, maybe even weeks mm-hmm. because you're so used to being able to access that. Absolutely. But imagine a Christian who isn't doing that, but also says I'm a Christian. And then in the midst of this huge pandemic, you're at peace because you understand that God's in control. Mm -hmm. Like the Bible says pestilence and things like this will happen. Like we know it's going to happen. Like we live in a fallen world. Like it's just a thing. So if I can be at peace and helping and encouraging and spreading Christ throughout the world, I'm going to get people asking me, can, can what's I hit, wrong with you? Can I hit on one more thing too? Yeah, yeah. Um, it goes for COVID as well, but another thing that isn't talked about a lot is like our our issues with diversity mm. and, um, th- and things like that and Black Lives Matter and all those things. Like um, Jesus loves those people too. Yeah, exactly. Um, just because you disagree with them doesn't mean dis- Jesus doesn't, doesn't love, love them. them. And I just, when you look at the violence and the um, history of our nation, I think mm-hmm. that you can see that they're, they're definitely, I mean, for lack of a better term, like they're almost, per, they're persecuted against. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost, it's systemic in its nature. And I just think that in, in my view, and you know, um, we, we'll talk about it with some friends of ours eventually that might have a different view on it. Um, but it just, to me, it's this compassion, empathy for those people and, and trying the best you can. And even if you can't fully understand to put yourself in that, mm-hmm. their shoes or their situation. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm going to encourage you, like, you may be so pissed off that we just said that, but the thing for me is if you're not willing to hear the other side of the, the, the coin, you're missing out on so many different things. You don't have to agree with everything everyone says. Mm-hmm. Like just because it, it took disagree. me, I mean, it took me f- what, four years to get to this point, right? right. Um, since the whole, you know, Colin Kaepernick thing, it's just been a whole thing. And, you know, I feel like my mind has been slowly opened up to the fact like, oh, this is more of an issue than I thought. Right. And, um, because you're willing to hear the other side of the story. Yeah, and I'm trying to do my best to understand their position and not just make my decision based on my narrow knowledge of, knowledge or information on what they may be, or may be going through. Right. You know? Exactly. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, you have to think that the only way you're going to get someone actually asking you about, as the actual passage says, always prepare, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Absolutely. No one's going to be asking you about the hope that you have if you're acting like you have no hope. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and honestly, like in a season like this, it does feel like there's no hope. Like, yeah. at least in Washington, it's kind of funny because I feel like we're never going to get out of this. Oh, it's like, we, you know, you, you take one step forward and 450 steps back. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, hey, listen. As long as it's in multiples of six. As long, that's a good point. That's true. <laughs> it, it's got to be the multiple of six. But hey, as someone that's tried to plan a wedding twice now oh during this, um, let me tell you, yeah, it feels like it's never going to end, you know, but yeah. um, it's it's been tough. Um, and I think this is this is probably a great time to hit this where you want to talk, you were going to talk about um, where we had talked about this off the mics is a, the dark night of the soul. Yeah. And um, Mark will probably be able to give you a way more in-depth answer about what the dark night of the soul is. Um, but the way I was explaining it when I was talking to him and what I had heard from a podcast I was listening to is that, is it possible that the whole church is going through the dark mm. night of the soul? And, um, 
you know, Mark, maybe you want to hit on exactly what the Dark Knight of the Soul is, and sure. then we can expand on it from there. Well, uh, it's, so it's been a while since I've read the book, but that it always stuck with me because it resonated with me so well at that time. I mean, I'm sure everyone's either read something or listened to something that just so connected with them in that season, and it just sticks with them forever. Like, um, I mean, I have songs that will pop on like on my Apple Music, and I'm like, it just immediately brings me back to that moment in time. <laughs> Whether it's high school, whether it's high school sure. camp, or whatever, is it? And I don't know. Is it? Is can you have more than one Dark Knight of the Soul throughout your walk? There, it's one of those things where it's not necessarily a in scripture scriptural construct. Okay, it's something someone um, someone used to describe a season of life, and the Dark Knight okay. of the Soul is kind of this moment of you feel distant from God, like you you believe in Him, you're asking, you're searching for Him but you don't feel him there. Okay. But it's that understanding. It's basically you making the, having to learn to make this decision that even though I don't see you and I may be completely screwing this up, but this is what I took away from the book. So it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but it's that idea of learning the habit or in another sense, the practice of your spiritual disciplines. It's a spiritual discipline sure. of understanding that even if you don't feel God next to you, even if you don't audibly hear him, I heard one pastor uh, say the comment of so people always ask him, well, you say God spoke to you. How do you, how do you know? And his answer was, you know, yeah, it, it's a thought that comes to mind that is otherwise alien to you. Mm -hmm. That is, oh, right. And, and you just know it's, it's hard to explain. Like you can go back through your life and kind of pinpoint those times. Sure. Um, but anyway, it's that understanding that even though I don't hear God, even though I don't feel God, even though I don't see him, I know he is here and I know he's taking care of me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think of, um, it's kind of funny, Ryan, and I were talking about a sermon I listened to, um, talking about, uh, when Peter walked on water, right. And <laughs> man, that, that's such a great story, right? Because my guy literally walked on water. <laughs> He actually did it. Some of us would have nosedived yeah, immediately. I, I'm just saying. My, I, been me. I know you can't see me. My hand is 100% raised. I wouldn't, I, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't, okay, let's be real here. I wouldn't even gotten off the boat. Like I would have been sitting there mocking whoever it was. Like, I, I would have been the one terrified underneath, you know, in the, whatever, right. whatever the underneath the ship is called. Right, exactly. But so you think, you, and you read that story and you say, Peter started walking and he started sinking and immediately Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. <laughs> He's always right there. There was an, uh, a phrase that our youth pastor used to say when I was in high school that um, when you feel far from God and you turn around, who moved? Not mm -hmm. him. You did. And it's that idea he's always there ready to welcome you with open right. arms. And But you, it's, it's hard to understand that. Like even right now, like I know a lot of us feel isolated and just alone and depressed and like just the waves of depression that go through people. And even me, like I, I'm someone who suffers with anxiety and depression. And I will tell you, the only reason I haven't suffered with it more is because I work at a church in technology and there has never, ever, ever, ever in the history of the church been a more busy time for technology. There just hasn't. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, there's never, ever been a bigger, bitter time to, there's never, ever been a better time to reach out mm -hmm. and for people who've never heard the gospel to hear it. Absolutely. But that's another side of it. So anyway... That's kind of like a rough understanding that I have of the dark night of the souls. It's that time of not feeling, not hearing, not seeing God and learning to trust that he's still, trust that he's still there. Can I ask you, can I ask you, I'll ask you one more thing. Yeah. Um, and just, you can expand on whatever. Um, we talked, you talked, you talk about how, you know, obviously because of COVID and all these things, we're not meeting in person. 
or at least m- many people, many places right. aren't meeting in person and they're do- having this church that's completely different online. And we talked about where you're stripping away mm. all these different crutches that everyone has yes. in their, in their, uh, their walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how, like, how do you think that affects people? And do you think it's a situation where as everything's stripped away, it's going to be a redefining of what the church is and how we're going to, you know, Christianity or how we're going to, uh, follow Jesus. Well, I hate to break it to you, but um, I mean, you know this, to all of us Christians out there that have been used to for the last, honestly, how many years straight have we been able to go to church on Sunday whenever we want? Absolutely. For as long as we can ever remember. Sure. But I hate to break it to you. Just because you go to church on Sunday doesn't mean you have a good walk with God. Mm. A sermon on Sunday morning is just a part and that's why we talked about earlier in the podcast, mm, this whole goodness. idea of practicing the way of Jesus. A Sunday service, a sermon, a teaching portion, a large group gathering, singing corporate worship, they're important. Mm-hmm. They are key pieces. Do not get me wrong. But they aren't the whole. If that's all you're doing, it's not enough. If that's all you're doing, that's not enough. But it feels like enough when you're doing it. I just want to say that you hurt my feelings when you said that. So, oh, you know, I hurt my own feelings all the time, and so does God. So, <laughs> welcome to the club. Which is this—that's why we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing this that's because doing God hurts this. our feelings, and then it's like, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that was kind of important, wasn't it? <laughs> so it's for me. We have conditioned ourselves to think that just because I go to church on Sunday and live the rest of my week normal, or maybe a little bit of Jesus, mm-hmm. or I wake up and read my Bible every morning, but then I go to work and act like all my other coworkers, but then I go to church on Sunday, we're good. You've missed a whole part. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, and I know yeah. a lot of people will think I'm being legalistic when I say this, we've missed the point of the Sabbath. When do we stop? We don't. And ref- Yeah, and reflect and just let Jesus, you know, speak into our lives like you're right you're yeah right. we live and in I, a consumeristic culture I, where it's just go 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 I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else i you're absolutely right well i mean um, i I'll, I'll be honest i i started doing have making basically my saturdays my sabbath because i work at a church so i'm working on mm-hmm. sunday yeah so i made my saturdays a sabbath and sure. i did that for three four maybe five months and it was great yeah like i looked forward to it i was so excited to get to saturday for my sabbath because it was so yeah. fulfilling it sounds amazing and then I just dropped it. Yeah, because life gets busy, right? Life gets busy, Which, and if you don't make time for it, it won't happen. Yeah. And I will tell you that I didn't notice that I was feeling it, but I was feeling it. Absolutely. And now trying to get back into that habit is so hard <laughs> because you fill that time. And you fill that time up with other things. Hey, you got to get that. You got to get that Fortnite run in, right? Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah Saturday gotta morning. Got to get some Call of Duty. Got to yeah. get some Fortnite. Got to get whatever. And it's like. Now, I'm not here to say there's anything wrong with it because I love it. I, I highly enjoy a good time playing video games with my friends. Honestly, the real truth is because it's one of the only times I get to hang out and talk to my friends. Yeah. Because, newsflash, when you're older, um, you don't have free time. <laughs> That's... Yeah. I feel like we're at the point in our lives with the least amount of free time, but we don't have kids yet. So I don't want to speak to that. Yeah. Because... I can't. I'm not speaking there yet. No, no. Um... Yeah. We're not, we're not going there yet. Uh, so anyway, it's that whole idea of we've missed these points. And I feel like COVID has forced, forced and also given us an opportunity to look at our walk and say, okay, God, what is this actually supposed to look like? Sure. Because nothing yeah. I normally do gets to happen anymore. My, like I know so many people's normal daily routines, like yeah. 
the majority of like my city or of our city is back to work in some form or fashion. Absolutely. Um, but there was a season where very few people were going to work mm -hmm. and we're all working from home and that just throws the schedule out of whack. Like, Absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, it throws everything. I mean, I never got to work from home. But. Well, yeah, it's tough to work from home when you're a firefighter. That's, that's a little hard. It's true. But, but anyway, so you have all these things just thrown out the window mm -hmm. and you're forced to sit there and say, okay, God, you're going to have to rebuild this. Yeah. And can I, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oops. Move the microphone. My bad. Um, so this it's just it's just really interesting. It's something I've been reading about a lot, and it talks about um, how you know as as humans we're very we're loving beings, right? And mm. we're we're made to think that we're intellectual in our nature, but we're actually very we're more loving mm -hmm. in nature. And it talks about how that like you, the goal is you have to redirect your love from what you truly love, which is sometimes hard to see, mm. to redirecting your love to Jesus. Yeah. And when you talked about like I I might sound legalistic here, I I I could it, it makes sense because people would think that. But if you think about it this way, like the old Christians and the Christians of the past, like they had those spiritual, the spiritual disciplines, and you get up and you read your Bible every day and you pray every day, which is honestly the thing that's probably I I think in my opinion most forgotten mm -hmm. in our in our Western culture of Christianity. Because um, I can listen to the Bible on my phone without actually having right. to read and pay attention to and it, but I say it checked it off. You're not doing those things because it's legalistic. You're doing it because it's an active mm -hmm. part of your day to redirect your life to loving yes. Jesus and following and practicing Je the ways of Jesus, like mm -hmm. we've talked about on this whole thing. Um, I thought something that might be interesting, Mark, um, is we talked about the Sabbath. That's like a practical way to follow yeah. Jesus, right? And how about if you feel good about this, we'll, we'll work on trying to, you know, fit, get the Sabbath back into our uh, daily lives. And then we'll, uh, we'll give a little update here yeah, on how right. that's, how that's going throughout the weeks. Yeah. So. Let, let me put it this way. I got to the point where I was actually able to devote the majority of my day, my Saturday, like I would say eight to 10 hours. to like what I would consider a Sabbath. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't working. I wasn't mm. even thinking about work, which let me tell you that took a solid two months <laughs> to just not think about work for that yeah. time span. But I will tell you, all I could muster last week was like two hours because I've fallen out of practice yeah. and it's hard. And right. So, and like I said, it's like you're using that and you're trying to, and you're using that to redirect your heart yes. to loving the right things. Yep. And like I said, it's easier said than done. I'm terrible at it. I'm just starting to do this. Um, I have done, it feels like I've done about two minutes in the last two months. <laughs> um, I'm giving myself a little bit of a break because like, like we talked about, I'm getting married in 11 days, but yeah. um, that doesn't mean that I can't sit down with my future wife for 30 minutes and we can't read the Bible or we can't talk about something like that. It's just, there's always time in the day if it's yeah. important to you. Um, well, and, and the thing like to bring it back to like the first conversation we had about actually doing this podcast was because you and I sat in your parents' kitchen <laughs> saying, ow, multiple times as God <laughs> kind of opened our eyes to certain things in those like, in that like hour. Yeah. And we're like, ow, that hurt. No, I don't. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's so good. And like you making that comment, like, men, if you're married, like the Bible talks about how you're the spiritual leader of your household. And let me tell you something. If you try and lord that over your wife, it ain't going to work because that's not the point. Don't mind me. I'm just trying to take notes down right now. So. <laughs> like, it's not the point. But you set the tone. And Ryan and I talked about this and it wrecked me so hard because I realized 
that I wasn't setting the tone for our marriage. And you made the joke, you're like, I, I'm not even drive. I could drive down here. I could easily do this and spend time in the Bible with my with uh, your fiance. And yeah. you, you, you looked at me and you're like, you felt bad. And I looked at you and I'm like, Ryan, I live with my wife <laughs> and I don't do this. <laughs> that was one of the best things when I was like, I was like, I felt so bad that you were like, dude, I live, we live in the same home. And I was like, you know what, I'm doing okay. I wake up in the <laughs> same bed next to her and yet I don't do this. Yeah. And it's these little things that we let fall to the bottom that are the most important. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can you can attest, like the days that you start the day by reading your Bible and not reading it just to get through with it, like I might've done today. Like I do at least minimum once a week. Right. And, and praying, those are yeah. the days that honestly, you have the most joy. Absolutely. Because you started your day by focusing on the king. Because you've redirected your heart exactly. into the right thing. Absolutely. I'm not looking to my governor, my president, my country, whatever, to fix things. I'm, I'm looking at, to the creator of the universe. Jesus. Absolutely. Um, can I, I'm going to hit, can I hit one more thing yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on COVID real quick? Um, this is just something that came to me uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we've had some COVID type issues. Uh, within our friend group, and you know, I'm not going to divulge too much into that. But one thing I've just noticed throughout the last four or five months as a Christian, or as we say, someone who's following Jesus, mm -hmm. um, think just really th think about this. Um, is COVID actively breaking up and dividing Christians and dividing the church? Um, and I know you're going to tell me, you know, you, you want to argue your side right now, but I would just challenge you to stop, think, and listen is this dividing the church? And mm -hmm. is that the point? And is that is that what we're missing? Mm -hmm. That this is an active thing that is dividing the church and putting, pitting us against each other. And because we're so focused on that, we're missing things that are much more important. A hundred percent. And I think that that's, that's the thing where you and I have talked about, like I, I genuinely believe we've lost the art of disagreeing agreeably. Mm -hmm. Like I can disagree with someone and still go out for coffee or go out for a beer or whatever. Like I'm good. Now, yeah. granted, if we if we disagree on key issues like murder is wrong and you disagree yeah. with that, I'm like, oh, we're gonna have some issues because I mean that that's pretty tough for me to get my head around. Yeah, but but generally, uh, like even if I disagree with you, I feel like I can still be friends with you. But yet we live in this as the hot topic is cancel culture, where if you disagree, you're canceled. You're canceled and I'm like, yeah. But here's the question I'll pose. And Ryan, your question is so poignant and so accurate and true because it sure. is ripping the church apart. Can I ask you, Christian, did, did God not see COVID coming? Right. It didn't trigger him, I'm sure. Um, he's sovereign. Like, he knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And what if he's using it for his glory? And we're missing it arguing because we're too busy fighting for our personal point of view. Absolutely. And we could be advancing the kingdom in great leaps and bounds, which I believe in this culture and this exact cultural um, mindset or whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. we could really win a lot of hearts to Christ in this time period. Yeah. And us as the church, I think that in a, in a lot of ways we may be failing. Yeah. Um, well, and, that's, not, and that's not just yeah. necessarily like the whole building. It's us as a collective group of people that love Jesus. Well, the church has never been a building. Sure. The church is the body of Christ. Yeah. 
Now, is it really helpful to have a building with rooms and a PA and a band? It's really helpful when you have upwards of a couple thousand people. Places to trap the children for an hour. That too, so yeah. parents get a break. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> buildings are so helpful, but it's not yeah. about the building. Yeah. And Absolutely. let me tell you, like, I, I, I wonder and I look at what's going on in our world and say, what if this is what God wants? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here fighting against it because I'm too busy fighting for what I have over the years distorted the kingdom of heaven to be. The kingdom of heaven isn't of this world. Right. It makes no sense to this world. Right. So if I'm fighting for something that looks like this world, it's probably not the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, there are good and beautiful and perfect things in this world that are being destroyed. Yeah. And that's tragic. Lives are being lost. Mm-hmm. On uh, no, yeah, like on a larger on a larger scale than we've seen in our. I've at least I've seen in my lifetime, right. and it's pretty disheartening to see people act like it's not a big deal. Right, it is. People yeah. are dying. One, just because you aren't, just because you're in a situation where you want might doesn't mean someone close to you won't. Right. Well, and it's kind of it's interesting because. Um, you you typically will see a change when someone close to someone who's very outspoken against about COVID sure. and someone close to them gets it and suffers greatly or even passes away. Yeah. It hits home. Mm-hmm. But as a Christian, like we are called to share the love of Christ. And Christ is saddened and God is saddened by every single death. Mm-hmm. Especially the ones that didn't know Jesus, which some of them didn't. A right. lot of them probably didn't. Exactly. That's, and that hurts. It does. And yeah. that's a sobering thing. But again, don't get me wrong. I'm not just isolating this to COVID. Like every life that's lost to abortion or every life that's honestly lost to war, like God's broken about. God's sad about because it's a life lost. Yeah. Terrorism, systemic racism. It's all the same. It, it, it's all death. by it all. So it, it's all sin. We live in a sinful world. Mm-hmm. And we won't get out of it until Jesus calls us home. Mm-hmm. But that's our hope. Our hope yeah. is this isn't home. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where I feel like as believers, we have so much hope in the truth of what we believe. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've distorted or we've twisted or misunderstood so many things. I mean, even we've joked about um, there's one podcast where I mean, is or one book I read where in the Western Christian world we have such a twisted way of reading the Bible. We read it as though it was written to us. Yeah, and, and it just wasn't. <laughs> I hate to break yeah. it to you, but it wasn't written to us. And so, and especially like for kids, like you, if you would ask me, um, what's the Book of Jonah about, or if I ask you, Ryan, what's the Book of Jonah about, your default answer is going to be, "You got eaten by a whale." Yeah, Jonah and the big fish. Like, yeah. But that wasn't the point of the no. book. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the book has a really unsatisfying ending. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true, man. Or even like, oh my God. I'm reading through Job right now, which let me tell you, I am so glad I am not that man. That book, when you read through it, is one of the one of the craziest things ever. It's, I mean, that guy, you, it's like oh you can't gosh. imagine the stuff that guy goes through. It's crazy. Well, it's one of those things where... And then... If you think about it, like a lot of things, it's just glossed over and it's like, oh, but then Job's life was great, great just amazing again. And what you're, that's what you're taught. And, you're, and as you read it, you're like, 
that's not really what happened. I mean, he, a lot of things were restored, but he still had all that pain, all that yes. loss from beforehand. Well, even the whole idea of we're not told how long it took. Mm-hmm. It could have took 30 years. Could have took yeah. six months. Like, we don't know. But it's always kind of funny because I sit there and I'm reading through it and I'm reading Job's responses and I'm like, man, I, I can tell you, I, I couldn't even make some of the claims that he makes. But yeah. obviously the Bible talks about how he was a very holy man. He followed after God. And I'm like, I couldn't make some of those claims. And then you're like, oh, wow. But I also feel the same as him where I'm like, God, why? Why? What is going on? Like, I relate to him in this season. But then unfortunately, I look at his friends who he even calls out as, what what a group of miserable comforters you are. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm them too. <laughs> I'm the worst of everyone in the Bible, man. Right? It's gosh, not good. <laughs> well, so, so I think you've heard this. This is something that really astonished me. Yeah. And I know we keep bouncing around topics, but you know, that's how our brains work. So we'll get that is. locked in eventually. Yeah, eventually sure, one day, but... probably by episode hundred, if we even get there. Sure. Um, but in Western Christianity, we always view ourselves as the hero in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We always talk about how you can be the David or think about Esther. Like I know I hear a lot of people talking about like, um, what if we were placed here for such a time as this? And we're assuming that we're Esther, but what if we're Haman? Yeah. We never take the, we, we aren't willing to think of us as the villain. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's where we distort and we corrupt Christianity. Uh, So I'm going to transition this a little bit. I know know you wanted to talk about um, this humility in general um, and you had somewhere you wanted to go with that. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, just go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where, um, Christians have the answer. We have the answer to life. Sure. We follow yeah. Jesus. We have, we know why we live. Like the age old question is why am I here? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. And we have that answer, but there's also humility that goes with like Jesus was humble. He was forward. He was straight. He um, was very specific. He was very truthful, but he was also humble about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we lose that idea. Um, it's interesting. I was listening to a sermon. It was talking about um, the the moment where uh, the disciples, <laughs> the, the way the pastor worded it made me laugh because he's like, this came right after Jesus told them that um, he was going to go to Jerusalem and, and die. Um, and then the disciples immediately asked, well, um, so who's the greatest and how do we get there? And, and the pastor's comment is, well, that was a question that was incredibly tone deaf to what Jesus has just said, but okay. <laughs> like, really, though. For anyone thinking they were bad, you would ask the same thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. So. I have, yeah. I mean, I, pro- I wouldn't have even been one of the 12. So, yeah. <laughs> I think about it all the time how I can be the greatest. That it's, yeah, it's, right? it's sad how often I think about that in all aspects of my life. Anyway, continue. Right. And so he says, his answer is he calls a child to him and says, Truly I say to you, unless you become like one of these children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones or one who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone fastened around his neck and be thrown into the ocean. Well, I don't really feel like doing that, but I feel like in our, in our world, like we kind of miss that point of this is a weighty deal. Yeah, right. absolutely. If you can't be humble, if you can't humble yourself to a child, which it 
basically is talking about status because in in th those days like the status of a child was basically on the same level as like a servant mm -hmm. like they had no rights right and so it kind of went back to it, it reminded me of a sermon a couple of weeks ago that i heard where they basically talked about how to quickly summarize it talked about how uh, one of the religious leaders came up to one of Jesus' disciples, said, hey, does your uh, teacher pay the temple tax? And he's like, uh, I think so. And he goes and talks to Jesus, and Jesus like basically spends 10 verses explaining why he has every right not to do it. <laughs> but then what's the second part of that story? And then he says these specific words, so as not to stumble anyone, go catch a fish and pay the tax. Now, a lot of us will get hung up on the fact that he told him to go catch a fish which had coins in its mouth and then pay the tax with that. Mm -hmm. well, okay, that that's a thing that's, I, honestly, I don't, I mean, it's God just providing, so like that's a yeah. thing. But let's not get hung up on that. They also do say that they, they don't know that he could have been saying, he could have been making a joke because they were also poor. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's which, like, we have no money, so which, go catch some fish. If that's the truth, that's awesome. <laughs> but think about that for a second. He had every right to not pay the tax mm -hmm. and he paid it anyway. And it's that idea of you humble yourself to the point of no rights. Mm -hmm. And I will be one to tell you, I am thankful for all the rights I have that in America, but I'm a citizen of heaven first and then a citizen of the United States. And humility is not a celebrated characteristic. I think it is not I, a fruit of the spirit of this world. Pride I think that's is. and I think that's definitely a culture thing too. Mm -hmm. That's an American culture thing that humility is looked at as weakness. Yes, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I don't necessarily have to. I see where it comes from because you see people that are like that, and you're like, man, they're not fighting for what they want. And in the case with a Christian, maybe what they want isn't this world, and they're really more focused on heaven. Um, I'm not saying that you know stand up for yourself in situations. Don't just don't just roll over. But, right, exactly. But look, you know, especially with the matters of you know the heart and of Jesus and things like that. But um, you know, it's it's this is it's a difficult thing to look to be for to for situations to be humble in. Um, I do have a personal story about humility. <laughs> um, and, and you know, uh, you know, this is a little more this is a little more lighthearted than what we've been talking about. But so that's, you, that's highly necessary. Right. So as you guys know, as you guys know, I'm getting married at eleven days, right? You know, I for if for Mark knows me, people that know me, people know I'm a, I'm a reader. I like to read. Um and so when I knew I was getting married, I started reading marriage books, you know, left and right. And I was trying to uh and I was trying to just get prepared for marriage and get prepared for that, you know, that next phase of my life, right? And Olivia, who is my lovely fiance, I don't know why she likes me, honestly. But anyway, so she she was pretty chill. She wasn't read much or anything like that. And so like like last week, we're, we're three weeks out, of, out from the wedding and all of a sudden she's reading every marriage book she can get her hands on. <laughs> you know, it's like it got real to her. And at first I was like, at first I was like, wow, this is so, this is so cool. Like she's, you know, reading about marriage, she's really excited about it. And then this other thought popped into my head. I'm like, is she that worried about how I'm going to be? <laughs> like, my goodness. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> which she's probably right. Well, but, but still. Uh, and so just literally like two or three days ago, she she finishes reading this book. <laughs> and she goes, Ryan, you should, read the, you should read this book. It's really great. So in this case, this book is about um, sex within marriage. Oh, good. And so at first I was like, wow, this is so cool. My fiance is awesome. She wants me to read this book about sex. And I was like... Oh, let's go. And then this other thought pops in, pops into my head. And I'm like, 
is she already worried about that I'm going to be really bad at this? Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. She's already worried. I'm not going to be able to do it very well. Uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I'm going to be worrying about for the next week and a half. So There you go. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my story. Um, you know, uh, feel free to laugh about that as much as you want. I hope you guys... Uh, get some enjoyment out of that. So, um, so I know we weren't super lighthearted in this podcast, but, uh, if you know, Ryan and I, you know, um, us and our friends are highly sarcastic people. So anyway, um, we will definitely make future podcasts a little more lighthearted, but, um, these are just things that got really kind of worked on us on this week and the week yeah. prior. And can I, uh, can I leave, can I leave us with this one last yeah, quote about here? So this is kind of, um, this is kind of out there a little bit, but I was listening to a, of all things, a, a football podcast, but, um, and they were talking about this this thing where they talked about the NFL season with all the COVID restrictions, things things like that. The thing that's going to be the most important is team continuity, right? Mm. And yeah. which that makes sense. If if you haven't practiced together, how are you going to be? How are you going to be good in look a game? At some teams in the NBA, they they looked like they hadn't played basketball ever together. That's a different topic. We'll talk about that next. Month. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I I just had this thought of. And I will, you know, maybe we'll just, we'll leave you with this unless Mark wants to, you know, compound on what I'm talking about. But uh, as much as that matters for football, your continuity with Christ mm. in this, in this situation where you have everything stripped away from your normal um, everyday routine, as far as being a believer goes, um, if you aren't set up with that continuity in Christ, where you are, you've practiced the ways so that when you come to the situation that you can perform mm-hmm. as a Christian as the highest level without the things that are crutch for you. Yep. And it just, it was so funny how clear it was in my mind. Like we need to be practicing with Jesus and with our fellow believers to have that continuity. So when we come to situations like this, we're ready for that. And we don't, you know, we don't falter because of it. So yeah. that's just kind of the thing that came to my, came to mind. So. No, that, that's so good. It's so true. Like in a season where maybe it's not wise that we meet together in large groups or even, even sometimes small groups, um, it's so important that your the roots of your faith are intact. Um, that you understand what you believe and why you believe it. And that doesn't mean that if you're a new Christian or even like honestly, all of this has really just come to me in the last like three years. Like God has really done some deep work in me the last three years. Um, and if you would have asked me five years ago, if I thought I was a Christian and I thought I was a good Christian, I was following Jesus, well, I would have answered you yes, because I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, my parting comment is, is I don't want to talk about where I was five years ago. Well, so yeah. that may come up at some point. But We, yeah. we all have those stories, right? <laughs> but it's that idea of never being content with where you are. And it isn't in this, like going back to like a sports, like you're, you, the reason I love the idea of practicing the way yeah. Is you're always practicing. Yeah. Um, you love golf. You play it a lot. I do. Someone you grew up really l- loving watching is Tiger Woods. Hey, Tiger's the man. Um, I know he did some things wrong, but we we forgive all people, and I forgive Tiger Woods. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I'll argue with anyone about this at any time. I'll give you my number. We'll talk about it. Tiger's the man. Sorry. Okay, we're not giving you his number. But, you know, anyway, <laughs> I don't think his wife would be uh, much obliged on that one. <laughs> Wake up. Honey, what are you doing? It's 4 a.m. I'm arguing with this idiot who doesn't know what they're talking about with Tiger. Oh, okay. <laughs> to which you would be like, I'm going back to sleep. Yep. This is ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, would you not agree that even though, now Grant, I understand that Tiger is not who he used to be playing golf, but even at his pinnacle, yeah. the guy practiced. 
because he knew he could still get better. Obsessive. Changed his swing three different times because he just knew he could get better as the best golfer probably of all time. Exactly. So why is why as Christians are we not practicing? Why are we stagnant? Why do we stay stagnant? Because when we do, we hit seasons like COVID and we freak out. Now, granted, we freak out in one sense because we've never seen anything like this. But then we freak out because all of our non-disciplines that don't exist are showing up. Mm-hmm. Because you can't meet up with people. You can't go to church. You can't have these like weekly fixes that kind of tide you over for the week instead of having these daily things that you invest in. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So that's my encouragement is always be practicing. Practice the ways of Jesus. Be like him. Emulate him. Amen. Uh, just to throw this out there, um, we know no one has heard this yet, but if anyone does hear this and needs prayer requests, just respond in whatever manner Mark puts us out in, and we'd love to pray for you. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll put an email in the comments, and we'll pray for you. And uh, Yeah. Um, if you have any great stories about you know, your life walking with Jesus, yes. just let us know. We'd love to hear about it and we'd love to discuss it. So. Oh yeah. And then if you want us to share it, just let us know. And if you don't, then let us know too. So we, yeah. we respect your wishes. So um, I'm going to pray us out and we'll see you next time. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this opportunity just to uh, talk together and just um, really fellowship God and hopefully um, help people. And if it doesn't, God, like we trust that you're in control and not us. So um, I pray that you would be glorified by what we do and that uh, you would impact people for your glory, and that at bare minimum, God, that you'd use this in our lives as individuals, God. So pray just bless it. In your name I pray. Amen.